everybody and welcome. I have to tell you right off the top that this is going to be an epic episode. You know how sometimes you just have those podcasts where you just know instantly that they're epic? Like this is going to be one of those. Just get ready. <laughs> I'm just going to call it right now like Jeff. He likes to apparently call epic moments before they happen. We could talk about that, but we are back again to talk about Survivor Edge of Extinction week number six. Here on the island, I'm Taylor Gaines, as usual, and my little tinglers are going off because I have a couple people here with me to talk about this week's episode. First, he's here with me every week, my co-host. He now has his balls free and he can get in on this. It's Tyler B. <laughs> Comments. <laughs> All right, well, that's probably the most explicit intro i've ever had that is a direct podcast. quote from jeff in this episode <laughs> oh i'm very aware um, <laughs> i i was watching it i thought it was uh it was pretty funny um i think wendy also or sorry not wendy um kelly also made the same joke to lauren when they were all she said wonder boy got his the, balls right <laughs> the edge of extinction players coming back but yeah i'm I mean, here. It was I'm a... excited <laughs> i'm happy i could make it back in town for our recording and i am Ready to talk some Survivor. Yeah, Ty was like in Atlanta this morning and in Alabama this afternoon. Way to go, Ty. Yay me. Yeah, very vulgar episode. We, there was also some War Dog stuff that I don't even know if I want to bring up. But <laughs> with me on the other side of the screen, <laughs> as you listen, just imagine someone's on the left side of your podcast screen, another person's on the right side. A returning guest for the first time to recap a Survivor episode with us. There's a bug on his leg and it tickles. It's Carl Boudreaux. <laughs> you, I can't even say Bing after that. I'm trying to get the fucking bug <laughs> off my leg. No. <laughs> What's up, guys? Glad to be back with y'all, man. Carl from last season, David vs. Goliath. Obviously, if you have not met him before, then here's your introduction. Say hi to Carl and then uh, he'll pretend he hears you and say hi back. <laughs> what's up <laughs> there you go we can officially start that is the bell dictating that our episode must begin so guys let's talk about it. i mean this was the week we finally got to see what edge of extinction was about i guess and had an opportunity for these six people who were living there to return among devon's chris aubrey Reem, Wendy, and Keith. And the episode started off just right out the gate. No scenes from the last episode. Jump right to the merge. And then I guess the first thing to talk about is just Jeff's 90-second speech about how sometimes on Survivor there are epic moments and they're just instantly iconic. <laughs> and I just was, like, baffled by how long that went on for <laughs> and how much he was just, like... Get ready for an iconic Survivor moment, you guys. I just, um, I don't even know what to say about it. Like, words defy how funny that was. Yeah, I've never met the man. Carl has, so he might <laughs> have some more insight. But when he goes off on his tangents, like, part of me is like, yes, yes, keep going. And then other parts of me are like, J just stop. Just let us get it's like to a the car challenge. crash. Like, we're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can be honest, man. I, I used to feel the same way about some of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jeff. Just fucking spit it out already. Come on. Let's, <laughs> let's get on with it. Like, 
all this extra stuff I ain't needed. But I mean, that's that's Jeff, man. That's why he's been the host for so long and 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 does such a great job because he he throws that shit at you right off the top of his head, you know. So it's <laughs> like you don't know what to expect to come out of his mouth. It, you gotta have it that passion sometimes too. Sometimes makes sense. And then sometimes it's like, okay, a little bit of overkill, you know? I'd like to see the stuff that's so nonsensical that they just cut it from the show. Oh, yeah, trust me. It's it's, it's plenty of it. He has his <laughs> mistakes, you know what I mean? He's human. He's human. So the Edge Islanders return and have this challenge with the balls, as we joked about, where they <laughs> had to get them through the hole and get back into the game. Wendy came extremely close to getting back in chris also despite the disadvantage got very close and devins was the one who pulled it out i don't know what to make of this from an analytical perspective like what did you guys think of that challenge and rick getting back in were you rooting for anybody in particular how did you feel just about the equity of having someone get to just come back in the game after sitting on the island for a while how did you guys feel about it you know what's funny is I, i'm glad you brought that up man because i wanted to talk about that for a minute like on the on the smallest note you know it was cool that rick came back in which in a previous podcast the night rick got voted out i predicted that he would get voted out that night so to see him come back in hey that's cool whatever but let me ask you guys do y'all think because i just knew wendy was gonna win that do you think her tourettes had anything to do with her ball dropping because she was right there. you know what i mean and i have a sister that suffers with Tourette's syndrome so i kind of have a yeah, you might so you might be heart. able to better answer that than me then because i have well, no expertise I mean, like i have my little sister has it you know what i'm saying so i have a, a real soft spot in my heart for that because i watch her you know what i mean on a, on a regular basis suffer with it and mm-hmm. it's like for me watching now mind you i don't know how much editing took place because we have to keep in mind of that but I wonder, did that have anything to do with the fact that she didn't complete that challenge and win? Because that challenge was all hers. And of course, like I said, did it all take place right then and there? Or was that edited for, for us to see it in that form? You know what I'm saying? So, like, kind of wondering. Did it a couple of times and they just kept showing that shot of it, you know? Right, know. right. Right. Like, like, like my question is, did it all happen in that particular fashion? In I don't want to edit it in to make it seem like that way. My question is, did it happen in that fashion? And if it did, then I can say that played a major part as far as Wendy not winning that challenge. Yeah, I think, and you know, like we say, the editors can do literally whatever they want with the footage. But to me, it felt real. And then Wendy actually went on Twitter this week and put out a series of three really long tweets talking about how her Tourette's kind of made her suffer in that challenge. And am I going to believe her? I have no reason not to believe her. So it, it seemed to me as if Tourette's were making it really difficult to, you know, hold the the rope steady and be able to slide the ball up the snake and get it through the you know, the objective through the little hole. And I thought that it did seem like it affected her. 
at least in that challenge. I don't know because we had one episode, I think it might have been the first episode, where we were introduced that she had it. And then it's been a non-issue until this moment again. So it was just interesting to me seeing that they introduced her as, okay, she's kind of a crazy blue-haired person. She's got Tourette's. She might have trouble fitting in. And then they use that again at the end and say, you know, she's struggled with this and maybe this is why she wasn't able to get back in. I just thought it was it was unfair to show it in only two moments in the season. Right. Well, let me tell you, we had that exact same challenge in our season. Alec did it for for, for when I was on the Vuku tribe, you know. Mm-hmm. And Alec is a surfer guy, so he has this whole balance thing intact or whatever. And he wasn't able just to do it, you know what I mean, just bam, bam, bam. It took a lot of concentration. So seeing that from, from Wendy, it was like, you know, that's kind of sucks. But to reach back on what you're saying is they, they showed it in the very first episode and then now they show it here. And it's like that kind of sucks. But we know how how Survivor, CBS or whatever you want to pair it together. You know, they take situations to make awareness to it. And I'm glad they did, you know, because mm-hmm. everyone needs to be aware of the situation that, that the young lady deals with because millions of people deal with that same situation so i'm glad to see that they use that that platform as far as that goes i just i just hate the fact that if that was you know the the nail in the coffin for her losing that challenge then that that pretty much sucks you know yeah and the relevant part of her twitter that ty mentioned is she said in one of her three tweets not many can understand the frustration that comes with being so close to winning something and it's slipping away over something that cannot be controlled, which sounds like a definitive answer to Carl's question of her saying, yeah, I couldn't, like I lost because of this, but they didn't show it that way very clearly. So obviously the edit could mask a little bit of what happened. Like you said, the interesting thing about Wendy this particular week is that she, along with Keith, had a chance after Jeff kind of coaxed them into crying and talking about how sad they were to blow their chance or whatever to go back. And he said, Hey, you're not out if you don't want to be. And everybody celebrated and Aubrey let out just like an epic primal scream that certainly going to be a, a, a gif forever. And, uh, they all went back, but then we had this strange, like, this is kind of a theme to the episode in my mind just confusing editing where we went back to extinction and all of a sudden two people were raising the flag we couldn't really tell who they were and then they kind of hit it for a couple minutes a couple seconds i should say and then you find out it's wendy and keith and then they show these weird like inspirational final speeches rather than like playing into the theme and being like you know, I just, I gave up because extinction broke me. It Like, they were both just like, I grew as a person. I love myself. And I was like, what's happening here? And they both left very soon after that moment where it seemed like they were going to stay. And it was kind of, I found, confusing. Yeah, it was very confusing because it's like, for, for, for Wendy, it's like, okay, you just got, just barely got to extinction. So you shouldn't be tired of extinction as of right now because you barely got there you know you haven't spun any time there for and her tweet doesn't give any clarity because she says i had several reasons several reasons to leave one of them being that i didn't want my gameplay to be overshadowed by my tourettes 
which I don't even totally understand. And like her reason that she gave in her interviews today wasn't any clearer because one of her interviews, she was asked why she quit or why she gave up. And she said, I never gave up and I never quit, which I I disagree, I suppose. At the time, it (laughs) seemed completely optional to either stay or leave considering we had already been voted off. I never ran out of gameplay, but I saw the edge as a place to seek revenge, see through unfinished business to prove something. At that point, I had zero regrets with the game I played. So just like a confusing exit all the way around from editing to explanation to everything for her. Right. It was good to finally see people go home because we've talked about that this season. Are people getting voted out but not really leaving? Does that lessen it? like the impact of them going home. And now two people finally have said, you know what? I'm done. Like Wendy said, my adventure has been complete. I have nothing left to prove to anyone. And I played the game. I always dreamed of playing with zero regrets. So she was clearly ready to leave. And, and I think that's a good way to go out ultimately, because you get to go out kind of by your own choice. So you don't feel as bad as like, if you're blindsided, I don't know. It's, it's like give and take because you can't blindside anybody truly, but they can like hang it up and go home on their own terms. So I, I'm kind of torn. Like, do I like it? Do I not like it? I don't know, but I'm happy two people are finally, you know, gone from the game completely. I'm happy that people, it finally matters and they're no longer able to come back. I mean, I'm glad to see people you know, exiting the game, no doubt about it, because it's like, fuck, somebody has to go home. What is this whole concept going to be? But mm-hmm. for for Wendy, and it's just my opinion, I think Wendy, I really think she felt upset with the way that her Tourette's kicked in and caused her that challenge. This just my opinion from what I've seen on the TV. But I think that played a big part to when she went to experience Island to wanting to go home because she knew that she had it in the bag to get back in that game. So that must have sat in the back of her head thinking, well, it cost me this first chance and I was there. So, you know, why am I going to stick around and and have it cost me a second time? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I just don't think I'm going to miss her particularly. Like, she still was so strategically like inept and didn't seem like she was even interested in playing in a lot of ways. Exactly. I mean, she had no gameplay, no doubt about it. Yeah. And I just like, she mentions in her interviews today, like no one saw me as a threat and it would have been pointless to vote me out. So I would have done really well if I made it back. And I was like, I don't know if that means if I would define that as well. And like, I, I just like, even her confusion in the game is evident in the way she talks about the game too where like for example she says when i say that these chickens are worth more than a million dollars to me you can take that as a fact there's more to life than money and i could never take a life away from my own selfish needs all the people who don't agree with me can go cluck themselves and then like that's like right after she left and was like man i can't wait to have a cheeseburger and you know, she says she's been a vegetarian since like December now. I guess she realized this was going to be on TV and she had to try to back up her words. I, I just like was endlessly frustrated by her as a player. And, you know, I, she I was honestly fun was. To watch. She, she was definitely like good TV, but she was just a 
pretty bad survivor player. She was fun to watch, and 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 mind you, I haven't met her or Keith personally. I haven't messaged any of of those two. No, none of that. So I've never spoken with any of them. So the, I don't know them. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I will say, in my opinion, that was that was two spots for two people that really wanted to go on that show and play to win. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't disagree. If for, for Wendy, I mean, regardless of what you say, you quit. For Keith, regardless of what you say, you quit. And for me, watching both of them, neither one of them was in that game from the very beginning to win. They were just along for the experience and to be able to say, oh, I played somebody. Because I didn't see, word. In, you know what I'm saying? Or I was on somebody because I didn't see none of that. I, which I knew, I told people <laughs> weeks ago that he was going to quit. I He was in over his head from the very, very beginning. Yeah, it looked like it too. Uh, by the way, his explanation in his interviews today, he said that this was the nice thing about them leaving, by the way, is we finally got to hear some post-game interviews. Uh, he said, when you get back to Edge of Extinction, you realize that literally nothing has changed. You start to evaluate. You realize that Edge and Survivor are two different worlds. The Edge is so much more abstract. It's not as simple as quit. It's what you need it to be and what you can take from it. When you get voted out and your story ends by others' control, the Edge is putting the pen back in your hand to say when the story is complete. Reem, Chris, and Aubrey's stories weren't over because they still had something to prove. I had proven to myself everything I needed, broke the limits I needed to, and my Edge story was complete. He does say, by the way, that he never hesitated picking up the torch when he got voted out, and that was definitely some editing trickery. But uh, Yeah, but in my opinion, he should have just went to the right on the, in the very... <laughs> Hey, the very beginning. I mean, that's how I. That's what, what I said like. about Wendy. But what, what? What can you do? Ty, what do you think? I mean, I just thought that, kind of like what Carl's saying. We've talked about it. It's almost as if Survivor casted at least two people. Um, you could argue, was like they took the spots of someone else that could have been out there, and playing the game strategically. I think we talked about. Was it Aubrey last week kind of trying to talk to Wendy and Wendy being like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I think. And like she wasn't even there making decisions, trying to do votes, trying to do things. She was there to experience this game that she loves but not play it. She just wanted to like go along for the ride, coast as long as she could, and save chickens. And, you know, it, it sucks that like that's what her game boiled down to. But she went out and she did Big Wendy, you know? Like, she enjoyed it, and I'm happy she enjoyed it, but I'm also a little bit upset for, like, other people that have been applying, you know, like Reem said, like Julie said today, for 18 years trying to get on the show. And they let somebody like Wendy, who's super entertaining, but not there to win. And Reem ain't quitting. (laughs) Reem is definitely not quitting. No way am I quitting, dude. That would be so lame for me to quit. It's <laughs> a solid dream. Yeah, I, I, uh, if Wendy listens to this, like, uh, you, she seems, you seem like a perfectly nice person and a good person, but like, I just, I, I, like Ty's saying, I just get so frustrated when 
me and so many other people really want to go and try to win a million dollars and she's literally she literally says chickens are worth more than winning the million so yeah uh, no like no thank you <laughs> no. i can go to the feed store down the street and buy 20 chickens for about ten dollars right now i mean <laughs> A couple other things worth noting from these two on the way out. Keith said, and if this is true, it's pretty uncool, I guess. But apparently, he said the real reason he didn't like Chris, or at least the breaking point for him, was when he was praying on Extinction Island. Chris said, oh, you praying now? And he said that uh, he felt like he was insulting his faith and did it repeatedly, which is why he took his advantage away from him. The only other thing worth noting... Uh, not to gloss over that if Chris did that because if he did that's mean and not cool but uh, they both said they did not know that if they stayed they would have been on the jury and that might have changed their decision but what that's the whole thing about Survivor you don't know what the hell is next you never know you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. you don't know how many the jury is gonna be you don't you don't know any of that if you knew all of that, then everybody would have a totally different game plan. You don't know. Yeah, and it's very unclear what the jury thing means because Aubrey, Chris, and Reem are currently on the jury, but they also are going to have one more chance to get back into the game, according to Probst. And now Joe, obviously, is there too. Spoiler. <laughs> and, like, it's unclear, like, if they raise the white flag now, are they then off the jury? Or after a certain point, are you on the jury no matter what? Do you have to stay on the edge of extinction all the way until that second challenge happens and then the losers are on the jury after that? Like, I, I don't really know. <laughs> and I'm it's unclear. I'm confused with the whole jury thing. Yeah, I'm confused with the whole jury. Because the well, let me ask you this. To, to, transition, to transition back into the game and who the people who are left, if you were one of those people that was in and those six walked out, how would you have reacted? Because Jeff says he was surprised at how welcoming the current players were to the idea of people getting back into the game. He claims he asked, who feels this is an unfair twist? And he said they all said, if they've been surviving like we have, then more power to them. But I don't know if that's quite equal. Obviously, they're not out there strategizing. They're literally just going to get rice once a day. I mean, What do you think? That's the whole thing. That's that's the only thing they're doing. I mean, they're just literally having to survive, you know, because they're going to get a little rice and they'll go out and fish, whatever. But how much strategy? Well, well, I'll say this. At this point, knowing that you're now on the edge with jury members, now you kind of sort of do start strategizing because if you're that person that gets back into the game, okay, it's like, okay, I just left these people here that's on the jury at the edge, so I need them for when I get back in the game because they're going to be the ones that vote if I make it to that, you know, to that ultimate goal, of course. So now up to this point, yeah, you do have to strategize even being on the edge. In the beginning, you didn't have to because you were just waiting on your chance to get back into the game, you know? Well, this could be yeah. the potential flaw too, right? I mean, sorry, Ty, I'll, I want to hear what you have to say, obviously, but uh, like, you could have this world where all these extinction people are friends with each other, and then their person who gets back in, they'll all be like, "Oh, let's vote for it for Joe." Like, Joe's been out here surviving. <laughs> we all love Joe. Like, that feels like a pretty obvious potential pitfall of this, and I don't know if that's something you're worried about, Ty. 
Yeah, it definitely seems like if you're on the edge of extinction, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna be working people over for the next you know six weeks or whatever it is without having to vote anybody out. So someone's going to show up and all you got to do is be friendly. And then when it gets to, you know, top five, top six, whenever they're bringing one more person back, you go in the game and there's no hard feelings because you just want to challenge against them. You didn't blindside anybody. You didn't vote against anybody. You've just been hanging out on this other island with people forming relationships for weeks by this point. I mean, I was, when it said day 17, when they showed Extinction Island, I was like, man, Reem has been there literally for two weeks doing nothing every day except for getting a little bit of rice. Yeah, like how could she have any insight into who's playing the best? She doesn't. (laughs) She doesn't. She doesn't have any. No, I mean, unless they bring the extinction people to every challenge and at least let them see that, that would be like a way to give them insight. But as far as having them on the jury, they don't know the tribe dynamics. They don't know what's broken down. It's just creating this other tribe where... Um, you know, like we fear Joe is just going to win the next challenge and come back in the game. And then he's got six, seven, eight people in his back pocket that he's been hanging out with on Extinction Island. Yeah, good job by both of us last week on the podcast saying Joe was never going to lose. Yeah. Um, But just to jump back to like your original question, I was super shocked that the people still in the game were so welcoming to the Extinction Island people. And maybe it's because it's a new twist and they didn't fully understand, but I wouldn't be happy to see anybody. I mean, people were okay seeing like Devin's because Devin's didn't really make anybody mad. He was just, it was time for him to go. I definitely got a kick out of some people being like, let's take him out. And Julie being like, that's immoral. <laughs> That's just wrong. Yeah, like, so is it? <laughs> no, it's it's not, Julie. I just have to say that. But I'm I'm actually really shocked that those people were so accepting of these people that had been away on extinction for so long. Yeah, there was an interesting moment too where Kelly said, "I knew it when they came back out." Dude, and she didn't. <sighs> yeah, she on didn't. one hand, she could not have known anything. On the other hand, I wonder, it, it did make me wonder if these players have been speculating and they haven't been showing us like, man, what do you guys think Edge of Extinction is? And them like actually having a conversation about what the theme might mean, but we didn't get to see anything like that. Yeah, that's fair. I, I talk a lot. I think uh, Kelly talks at her butt when she has no idea what's <laughs> going on most of the time. Um, oh, I wanted to bring this up, Carl. Did you catch a few weeks ago David calling her the godfather? How do you feel about that? Yeah, we talked about that, man. Um, <laughs> I was on, uh, <laughs> I was on uh, RHAP, and uh, me and Rob discussed that, and I was, was like, you know what? I'm going to give her the godmother, but it's only one job. <laughs> and then she even uses the bean. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. When she found her idol. Y'all didn't see that? I, fr- I didn't I notice that. When yeah. she got her idol, she was like, oh, and it was just right up there in the tree. And I was like, bing. <laughs> yeah, she was sitting on a stuff. So I, I I sent her a message about that, and we laughed and joked back and forth. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah she's, she's like, hey, we filmed this season before. Yeah, only one guy bother. That's Fair disrespectful. Enough. You have to put a hit out on her. Nah. Hey, nah, easy now. <laughs> easy, it's Godfather. Wimbledon, you know, this is her third time playing. Hell, I've yeah. played once. Mm-hmm. I'm good with yeah. her. She's the Godmother. <laughs> 
So Devins comes back. He gets this half idol to help keep him safe from being this guy who just gets voted out right again instantly that you have to give to someone else the other half of it. And if you both survive the initial tribal council, it can be reunited to form a fully functioning idol. I thought this was fascinating. Not like this game needed more twists and turns, but I enjoyed the idea that like you're trying to help this person who's kind of handicapped, even though you could argue about whether they deserve to still be around at all. I thought it was cool to have it play out, but it ended up not mattering. Now it will, Bill, obviously. <laughs> Bill, honestly, when I seen that, I initially thought, holy shit, it's a nullifier. Uh. <laughs> and then I was like, ah. But yeah, yeah no. But I, it, along with that, myself, if that would have been me, I don't think I would have given the other half to Nate. Because Who would you I have given it know to? that I'm that I'm close with David, so yeah. I don't have to, you know what I'm saying? Use that tool to have David because I already have David. So I think, like at that particular point, I might have would have used Julie in a sense because Julie had came and talked with yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So now I can get somebody else from the other side. So I think I probably now it could be a gift and a curse at the same time because she could take it and go back and say something to her alliance about it, you know. So it's a it's a chance taken. But, but Carl, she felt like it was yeah. a moral injustice. I know to vote him out. <laughs> so that was the opportunity for him to really bring someone else from the other side. Yeah, I was really shocked, too, that they just kept it amongst themselves because Devins and David, like, they're tight, too, but they're also the bottom. So what's the point in giving this idol that if Devins truly was brought right back into the game only to be voted out again, why not try to sway somebody else by giving it to not your main man? I mean, you can still tell David about it if you guys are really that tight. But try and pull in, you know, Julie. Not that he knows exactly how Julie felt. He didn't get to see her confessionals. Try to pull in Aurora, who we don't know anything about. Try to pull in these players that don't seem like maybe they're on the top strategically, but maybe just like an extra vote in the majority alliance. Get them to come over with you. Try to get them on your side. Yeah. One thing about this uh, extra idol I really loved was uh, Chrissy Hoffbeck's tweet about it. Did you guys see this? I did not. She said, new rules for hidden idols. Women, you still need to search. Good luck. Men, in an effort to restore the preferred ratios of idols for women, three, idols for men, 42,967. Production will now be depositing idols directly into your bags. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. (laughs) I did see that tweet. (laughs) It was really funny, too, that they made a strange editing decision in this episode to, like, throw up how many immunity idols people had next to their name in confessional i was like what's going on here (laughs) like kelly would pop up and say one immunity idol devon's half immunity idol but then it wouldn't do it for everyone like it wouldn't pop up and say julie zero immunity idols i was like if you're gonna commit to the bit commit to the bit but just kind of weird like the editing just i've been dancing around it a little bit but all around in this episode just felt disjointed to me out after that initial challenge happened they kind of rushed through a merge feast and rushed through people strategizing and it wasn't really clear how the lines were being drawn to the point where when the vote finally happened, it appeared that the comma six had orchestrated like 
a really masterful plan that we didn't get to see because they turned their six against two of their own to take out Joe and Aurora was with him. And they turned like the Lesu people against themselves, having half of them vote for David and half of them vote for Wentworth as if they had created this reality we didn't get to see where they positioned them. They went to them and said, hey, uh, it's going to be one of you guys. So to make sure you're with us, like vote for David or vote for uh, Wentworth. And (laughs) those people all just blindly voted for that part of it while they meanwhile were orchestrating this whole thing about Joe. So basically, if you just try to break it down, it would seem as though Joe and Aurora voted for Rick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kelly and Lauren voted for David. I'm just going to say probably David Wardog and Wardog. And Wardog. Well, so, okay, so yeah, so that which means David and Rick voted for Kelly. Right. Like the Mono Six just totally pulled a wool completely over everybody's face. Yeah, exactly. Like how the hell you pull off all of that? And nobody <laughs> picked that up. Yeah, and like why did we not get to see that? Like the way the editing was like as if this group was deciding between Joe and Kelly, but we didn't get to see some of these great machinations they were doing. Cause like like you said, like that's Victoria Bahamande level, you know, wool covering. <laughs> hey, that's yeah, that's that's hell, I don't think even Wardog can do the math on what just took place. <laughs> Yeah, Wardog with his legendary math skills. I was um I was very confused about how the final vote broke down in with Jeff reading it and exactly why why is one tribe and I I guess I'm going to go big picture in the full season. We saw one tribe being strong, one tribe being weak in the beginning and it still seems like it's just hanging that way and it, it's just a bulldozer running wild, like just a bulldozer running wild, <laughs> just <laughs> running over Team Ginobili. Like they have no shot, and it makes me really sad that we don't. They have to edit it in a way to make us feel like you know these other people have a chance. But at the end of the day, it's comma strong, and it's comma strong until the well, end. And I don't want but that. This mm, could be well, that. I don't know for how yeah. long, man. Trust me, when you out on the island. It happened to me, bro. So when you out on island, island, you're strong until one person feels at the bottom. And well, then this all is the risk, right? This is the risk of this move because they had a huge majority, uh, eight to five, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. now they've they voted effectively, out one of their own. yeah, and they've they've basically taken it from eight to five and brought it down to six to six potentially because. If Aurora is like, hey, what the hell, and leaves them, then it's totally, their advantage is totally gone. When they did have an easy move to take out another returning player in Kelly and didn't take advantage. So it could have been too soon, potentially, for this. On top of the fact that all the idols is on the other side. You know, like Ron said, maybe you do only have one chance to take out Joe, so you do it. But I don't know. it, It just feels like they set themselves up for a really dangerous couple weeks coming up. If, if, if you keep Joe and you take out a Kelly or a David, 
you still have Joe's Joe Strong, but Joe ain't gonna win every goddamn individual immunity idol. I mean, come on, let's one. just let's just exactly. So let's just let's just be honest. Like you're still gonna have another opportunity to get him, but you get those numbers dwindled down as much as possible. Right now, you you leave yourself in a in a in a bad situation because, like Taylor said, like Taylor said, if Aurora decides, what the fuck. I must be at the bottom of this whole crew because they didn't tell me anything about this. I'm just going to move over to the other side. Okay, so now let's just go after them. Yeah, that's actually probably a good opportunity to talk about Julie because she had a very strong episode. And I saw Stephen Fishback point this out in his column that sometimes you win the battle and lose the war. And it feels like that might be what Ron has set himself up for, where they were clearly having an internal debate where Julie was leading the charge on voting out Kelly, Ron was leading the charge on voting out Joe, and Joe won, he got his way, they voted out, or sorry, Ron won, he got his way, they voted out Joe instead of Kelly, but now Julie might be the one people turn to because Ron is making these weird moves too early, potentially, and she also has an immunity that she won, like, just within this episode, she went from kind of a nobody to starting to build like a solid presence, I thought. Right. I mean, that's a good immunity one win, you know. I congratulate her. But I will say it was... immunity win is... A very boring immunity challenge. If you, if you, <laughs> you know what I mean? That immunity win is down here versus the one later on in the game. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's good if that's part of your survivor dream you know I, yeah you could tell I, I it was for sure on it yeah. because i never want individual immunity so you know i mean i'm sure it's a good feeling but let, let's see if she can do that later on you know God, because i was watching this really episode at, at like 10 30 p.m last night though and i i was so close to fast forwarding through that immunity challenge when it gets to be the balance part of the season where every challenge is just a balancing thing i'm just like oh boy <laughs> I felt confused on this vote because I still don't know where everybody stands in comma because we haven't gotten to know everybody. We've gotten well. This um, is the problem, right? Know like Ron, we've gotten to know Joe because Joe's been there before. But outside of that, like, what do we know about Eric? What do we know about Julia or Julie or you know these people that have just been in the fold? I don't know who they are or what their strategy is or who the, even their main alliance is. I thought we were going to have an all-girls thing when all the girls got together at one point this episode. I you think know, this I was the real know. weak spot of this episode because after the merge, part of the reason it was so confusing as to what was happening is because they spent like an entire segment with just Kelly and Joe talking to each other about how they needed to be strong together and be returners and like we have all these people in one place now and we're still just focusing on the same two people who we've already seen on different seasons like we already know them and we know they're in danger and i just felt like the way that they're presenting everyone is so lopsided even when they show the new people i've said this before on the podcast but they're just talking about the returners and they they don't get a chance to form their own characters Right. Yeah, we're not getting we're not getting enough of the new players. I mean, like you say, we definitely being Survivor fans, we already knew about the returnees. So give us more of the new players. Only only reason why I remember Aurora is because she was so close to Joe. Like yeah. like honestly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If it wouldn't be for that, then I really wouldn't know anything about her. You know? Same with, with um 
with Julie before Julie won immunity, she didn't really get much. Julia, this was what her first confessional this this episode. I think last episode, right? Last ep- I mean, but you know, it's like give us the new people. You know, like we know who Joe Kelly, Aubrey, and David is. You know, nothing nothing against them, but we know who they are. You know, I want to know who the who these new people. Well, speaking of wanting to know who the new people are, let's talk about one of the returners again. <laughs> Joe left and obviously decided to stay and try to get back in. We we can talk about whether we think that will play out. But what did you think was his fatal flaw in getting voted out? Do you think he got too complacent? Was he trying? Like, was he trying too hard to be like, I'm not a threat. Uh, don't worry about me. I'm just Joe. And like, he kind of sat back, was really vague with Ron. How'd you guys feel about that? It's kind of tricky, man, because anybody that's on that island knows who Joey Amazing is. You know what I mean? So it's not much you have to do to even be considered a threat because everyone already knows he's a threat. So you really have to ask yourself, what could he have do? Are, are you saying that because he stayed around and painted the, the merge flag? He wasn't strategizing enough. Come on, man. I mean, (laughs) that was something that that group wanted to do, and it was really nothing that Joe could have done about it. They were going that route regardless, because they've been planning it even before the merge. You know, that was just something that was going to take place. It was nothing Joe could have done. Yeah, I think Joe's downfall is that he is Joe and he's the returner and he's the biggest challenge threat we've had in years. And if you get the opportunity to get rid of the challenge threat and individual immunity, you kind of have to take it. I mean, you could wait around and hope he loses another one, but it's hard to imagine lightning striking the same place twice in Joe losing challenge challenges back to back or even multiple challenges because he like he just is that dominant and I agree we didn't get to see him kind of trying to strategize or trying to get in with people but I think that's because Joe has a read on the situation he knows that he and David and Aubrey and Kelly were put in this box the entire season has been revolving around them and there's nothing he can do about it. All he can do is try and be provider and try to win challenges. People know who he is. He's a nice guy. He's a fun guy. He's emotional, as we got to see last week. But if there's somebody that like is that much more dominant than me in every single physical activity we do, I got to get rid of him so I have a shot at winning immunity. Wow, Ty, those are harsh words towards me. I mean, it's the same thing <laughs> we did to Alec on my season, mm-hmm. even before we merged. Every time Alec was on a on a team for a reward or whatever, he was the leader. He was the one that was dominating. So first chance we got when he lost an individual immunity, we got rid of him. And this was his well, first year. And so just imagine this Joe's third time. Yeah. Everyone knows how strong he is. How how's this for some war dog math though? Like if you leave Joe in for a while, you could argue he probably has to win like five or six challenges to be like really safe where now he only has to win one challenge and he's back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it don't take a war dog to figure that one out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause war dog's math is up there. Like with a rock. Well, you know? what's funny to me though, is you both touched on this. Aubrey, when she got voted out last week, we talked about on the podcast, basically 
the main reason she got voted out had nothing to do with her gameplay or whether people thought she was a threat. It was just like, she's a returner. Let's take her out. And kind of the same thing happened to Joe. So now we've had two instances where like the game is being so warped by the fact that there are returners in it that people aren't even really judging each other's gameplay. They're just like, eh, let's take out this guy. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to bet Kelly or David goes in the mix. Just because, like what you said, they're returnees. These newbies want to get rid of the returnees. They, they should. Play yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I mean, again... It just makes for uninteresting strategy. One day, but it, you have to... The only way... That's gonna work, man. With with returnees, is you have to have a a decent number of returnees. Yeah, you gotta have an all star or like a fan versus favorite, where the tribe is all returnees and all newbies, and then it jumbles up. But like putting them in the minority to start the game, like that's just not fair. They come in with a target on their back, and. One or two people are going to love them. Like, Lauren loves Kelly because she's been her biggest fan and whatever, and, like, that's great. Um, Rick loves David, but for the most part, get them out of there. They've had their shot. They've lasted 36 days, 38 days, whatever it is. Now I'm here to play. We got to get rid of them. And I'm I'm totally on the same page with that. Like, it's not, it's killed the strategy in a big way this season because it's not new people – making decisions and like working amongst themselves it's like how do they relate to the new guy well not well let's get rid of them asap as possible the one positive i thought to this episode was that everyone appears to it looks like we're gonna have really expressive people like tribal council was full of a lot of like huge facial reactions (laughs) and just stuff that i enjoyed watching but i thought i don't remember the two exact people who said this in tribal but i thought it summed up the episode pretty well someone when joe got voted out said brilliant and another person said i think it was probably joe said lame no and, that was reem that said lame oh it was reem okay okay good call and the reason i thought that was evocative of this entire episode one person saying brilliant another person saying lame was this episode felt to me like jeff and the production team being like how brilliant is this edge advantages idols Joe Blindside, where, like, in reality, I'm sitting here, like, lame. <laughs> lame. You know, like, right. like right. the Edge of Extinction wasn't that interesting. Like, Rick came back. In this, I've, I've talked in previous episodes. I think it's been interesting at times. But, like, I just thought it was weird. The editing was a mess. And we talked about this last week, too. That Joe getting voted out wasn't that exciting or interesting because he's not really out. So, they say brilliant. I say lame. Which... <laughs> What's y'all's take, not to not to be in a different direction, but what's y'all's take on another person coming back in the game later in the game, already, you know, beyond merge stage? I just don't, I don't yeah. know, I just don't agree with it. It seems like such an unfair advantage to not have to survive whatever the next five, six tribals, and then be able to come right back in where you are, especially if it is, and I mean, we've said this enough, we're just beating a dead horse at this point. Joe is most likely going to win that next challenge to get back in the game. So like we were talking about war dog math, Joe's got to win one challenge and survive no tribal councils. And he's five weeks down the road back in the game. And that just doesn't seem fair. 
Well, I'm going to have to say Joe has a 50-50 shot because I'm not taking nothing away from Chris. Mm-hmm. Chris seems it still to, says to, something to that he has a 50-50 well. shot. There's gonna, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm saying that the fact that you probably think he has a 50-50 shot despite there being several other people there is 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 indicative enough, I think. Well, and and then again, it depends on what kind of what kind of challenge it is because every challenge is different. Every challenge you know, both will to, to some versus others. So it just, yeah, it just all like, would have Chris won this challenge if he didn't have 30 extra knots to untie? You know what Maybe. I mean? Because he was still right there in it, even the, even after having 30 knots to untie. So was he rushing to try to get back up? You know what I'm saying? It, well, the other thing is we're going to have a fire-making challenge for someone to get in the final three. So we can talk about that later, but there's just a lot of things they're playing around with. And again, I commend them trying things because I think it's worth it, but I just don't know that this particular format is working. And I still feel like it's not really Survivor. It's just kind of a different show. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a little bit of too much. I mean, it's, we all enjoy it because we love Survivor. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we it's still oh, yeah. fun to Ever. talk you know, about. So we enjoy it. And- from that aspect, but from watching, you know, other seasons and comparing. Nothing like Dave versus Goliath, am I right? I mean, I'm not even going to say that, man, bro. I can be <laughs> honest. You know what I'm saying? One thing is I know, you know, how to humble myself. And, and, and I'm not even putting it on that level. It's just from watching other seasons. This season, out of any other season I've ever watched, I have to say this one has me the most confused. The yes. most confused. We understood Redemption Night. You know what I'm saying? We understood mm-hmm. what was what was going to take place on the whole twist and, and all of that. We understood Pearl Ivy, you know, when they had their chance to come back in. But this one here, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm st- even after watching last night, I'm still half-ass confused. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess given that confusion was the theme of the episode for me, that's probably a good note to end our conversation on. But first... We have to do our favorite feature, power rankings, which I have to say, just like when we had Davey on, forgot to tell our guests to come up with a list of one, two, three, but we'll see if he can do it off the top of his head. He's a survivor. He can run a lot of things through his brain, I'm sure. So, Ty, give me your number three player for the week here on week six, Edge of Extinction. Uh, Number three, um, he's dropped down a few notches, but I still feel like he's in a powerful position. Number three is going to be Joe. Because like we said, <laughs> he's going to survive the next five weeks without doing anything and have a shot to come back in the game. I'm, I'm going to do it. Let the people send all their hate tweets at me. It's fine. Joe oh, is my geez. number three this week. Well, at least you almost put Reem in there last week, so you're on a roll. <laughs> I'm going to say oof, my number three is going to be Ron. And the reason is I think I agree with what I quoted from Steven Fishback earlier. I think he won the battle. He voted Joe out like, congratulations. I'll give you a spot in my top three, but I think it was too soon. And I don't trust his position. I think he's going to be around a while. And I think he's definitely one of the three most powerful people left at this moment. But, uh, that's where I'll put him for now. My number three is Rick. And for, you know, because he got himself back in the game and he survived not getting voted right back out. 
You know what I mean? On top of the fact that now he has an idol in his pocket. So, yeah, I'm going to have to put Rick at my number three. All right, Ty, who's your number two? Number two, I am going... It's so difficult. Number two, I'm going to have to go with uh, Lauren. Just because I feel like she's still in an alliance that they're going to have to get rid of Kelly before they get rid of Lauren. Like, it's just going to happen. And she had a strong showing in the um, challenge, and she got all the women together and kind of was talking. And I just, I feel like she's playing the game well she's got an idol in her back pocket i think she's in a very safe spot to go a long way so for that reason she's gonna be my number two this is kind of weird to me i i know carl just talked about him but i I feel like rick is actually someone to really watch out for Mm -hmm. and it's weird to say because he's been voted off of survivor already this season but i think he with the idol with some of his social game he seems to be setting up a good world for himself, and I feel like the show Big Picture is setting up kind of a comma downfall. So I feel like, although my number one for this week is a comma, I'm going to give Rick my number two spot. And see, I have to put Ron at my number two because I was liking Ron. He was way up there. But I think Ron was put in a bad spot because Ron really didn't want to get rid of Joe. It's just, I, I think the rest of the comma tribe outnumbered him, and he had to go with it. Because Ron, if you go back to last week, Ron really didn't want to get rid of Joe. He felt that it was too early. You know? Well, it's so interesting a- you say that, though, because they edited it in this episode as if he was the one leading the charge. But you see the word you use, they edited. You know what I mean? Because he mm-hmm. did, I don't think he flipped that fast from going to not wanting to get rid of him so, you know, going with even these other people knowing that they're there and the numbers. Ron's smart, man. You know what I'm saying? So I know Ron paid attention to the numbers and all what can transpire. So, yeah, I'm going to put yeah. Ron at number two, man, for, 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 for this week. All right, Ty, who's your number one for the week? Uh, I'm actually going to put Ron at my number one because – and you're saying he may have won the battle but not the war. I still think he's in the strongest, most vocal leadership position, which, you know, sometimes you can be at the top and have your head lopped off, but I just don't think it's to that point yet. And I think that he's got enough friends around him and he could, I mean, I could just potentially see him kind of working the room and salvaging it if things go south quickly so i just think that he's got the brains and the strategy and the likability to continue to play this game at a high level i mean he's in all of our top threes so it's not nothing uh my number one is julie for this week i don't know if i'm heavily waiting one week too much but because i i don't know if i'd say i'm the most scared of her going forward but i want to reward her for this week just because I feel like she was part of that headstrong comma six who led the move to take out Joe. She's reaching out to Rick over here. She won immunity. Good for her. I'll just give her my number one for this week, even though I I don't feel great about it as I'm saying it out loud. I feel like she might not be the most powerful person next week, but I'm rewarding her for a good week in a week where I feel like we only saw returners. (laughs) 
and she stood out. Your number one because she won immunity. That has to be the only reason why. You know, I guess if she didn't get it, she, she might have not been. She definitely wouldn't have been number one if she didn't get it. I'll say that. I got you. I got you. That was the only reason because she won immunity. <laughs> well, the, here's the cool thing. I just want to hear you say it. Well, sure. Because <laughs> but it's the not, other reason it's not just because with, of that. I thought that was garbage. You know what I mean? What if, <laughs> she hasn't done anything. She won immunity. That's the only reason why you gave it to her. <laughs> well, I'm just saying they made it look like her and Ron were the two people making decisions there. So, Yeah, no, no I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> My number one is Victoria. I like her a lot, too. Hey, Victoria is playing the best game out of everyone so far. Although I hate that she stuck her foot in her mouth this week in trying. That was strange. Which she 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 made it better. She 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 was fast on her toes. You know what I mean, and was able to clear it up. Well, Joe, I'm not just saying physical threat, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean. So she was able to kind of kind of clear it up. But yeah, man, Victoria's she's one to watch out for. I didn't think since the very beginning. Yeah, she had a good week a couple weeks ago, too, uh, with the Aubrey That was last week. Right. She's been in the midst of things, seems like, every week. So, yeah, Victoria gets my number one. I should note, by the way, that Carl's vote matters more than mine does in this week. I I didn't clarify this when Davey was on, but the way our power rankings work is Number one player gets three points. Number two player gets two points. Number three player gets one point. And we do this every week and add up the points over the course of the season. Heading into this week, Lauren was actually leading with 16 total. Joe had 13. Ron had 11. Uh, Victoria, Wardog, David, and Kelly all had four. Aubrey had two. Joe and Ron led the way with three first place votes each. And when we have a guest, the guest takes my vote and their points count. So... Carl's top three will count towards our power rankings, and mine will not. Obviously, ties will. So we'll see how that updates things going forward. Obviously, it probably hurts Joe to be out of the game. But uh, him, Ron, and Lauren have been the top three up to now. Victoria looks like she will start to make up some ground, at least. I don't seem to think it's going to hurt him. He still put him in his top three. I still believe that. <laughs> yeah, that's survive. true. I, I just believe this season is built for Joe to be successful it just feels that way i mean i don't think the next five weeks joe's gonna be in my top three like at all but i just think he was still in the game this week i'll toss him a point i definitely agree i think it's built for a returnee player i mean that's for sure definitely for tv time at least oh yeah oh yeah Mm -hmm. you're gonna have a you're gonna have a returnee at least in the top five if not in the final three at least in the top five all right, take those words, mark them, bring them home with you. Carl Boudreaux, back again. Carl, I have to ask you before you leave because we talked about this the other week, and I realized that we've never asked anybody this. So they have these reward challenges. They're like, here's some peanut butter and jelly. You're, this is what you're playing for. Does it just sit there for like the hour, two hours that the challenge is going on, and then you take it after it's just been sitting out in the sun? How does that go? Actually, it's sitting there, but it's covered up. You know what I'm saying? So you don't get it once you finish the challenge because you have to do all the um, BND mic and all of that stuff. So when you win a reward, it's back 
at the island that you're on waiting for you when you get back to the island. So and it's I, not like it, gross and soggy by the time you get to it? No, no, no. Which, which again, I only got one reward. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I can just tell you my reward was chicken and beer. Which when we were on doing <laughs> that's the, good whatever temperature. The, well, yeah, no, but but like when we were doing our challenge, we didn't have any of that for him to pull and show. He just told us what it was. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So when we got to the beach, where the reward was, it was there set up on a nice table, you know, picnic style, whatever, whatever. But um, yeah, I know for a fact that when you win smaller rewards like that, it's waiting back for you when you get back to the island you don't you don't take it back with you all right carl thanks again for joining us where can the people find you well i'm only on instagram and twitter and you can find me at godfather carl 76 ty you didn't have any three minute 14 second rants this week i timed the one from last week (laughs) and that's how long it was but uh thanks for coming how do you feel uh, I feel good. I feel exhausted. I'm ready to get a full night's sleep tonight because it has been quite the week. That's it. That's all cool. I'm saying. It's been, <laughs> it's been a week and I am ready to go to sleep for a week. All right. Well, I will not go to sleep because I'm going to make sure this episode gets out to the people and sounds sort of nice. It'll sound okay. <laughs> so uh, thanks for listening. This was like therapy for us, as Chris said. And we will be back as usual next week, potentially with another guest. But for now, this has been Carl Boudreau, Tyler B. Commons, and me, Taylor Gaines, on the island. Thanks for listening, and talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Later. Why aren't y'all at least trying to work together instead of trying to get each other out? Yeah. It makes I, sense to me. Hey, yeah, Carl, can you check your to... mic real quick? It's kind of going in and out a little bit. <clears throat> what about now? I think it's good. Sure? Yeah, it's say like a full sentence. Well, like, what the fuck do you really want me to say? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> exactly that. That's what we want to hear from you. Yeah, I was really shocked too that they just kept it amongst themselves because Devin's and David, like, they were.